Hello and welcome to episode 61 of the Backflip Crazy podcast, where you will always find enthusiastic, data-driven fantasy baseball analysis. I am your host, Toby. Uh, Today, we are going to take a look at one of my least favorite positions um, in the 2019 fantasy baseball season, and that is second base. It's got some talent at the top and a lot of whole nothing else going on, uh, for me at least, uh, for the rest of it. So I will delve into that. Um, I also wanted to give a little bit of a TGFBI update. That's the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. Uh, As I mentioned on the last podcast, I am in the Champions League having tied for um, first place last year in League 11. And the uh, it's just been it's just been an incredibly challenging draft to be a part of. You know the folks who are in the draft, obviously from winning last year, are folks who are invested um, in their leagues. You can't you know win one of these leagues without being uh, a very active owner, somebody who's on Fab every week, um, really putting forward a lot of effort. And then there's just you know some guys who, from my perspective, have just incredible. Um, uh, uh, not incredible, but like their 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 value that they place on player ADP just goes out the window um, in this draft. I mean, just in the last uh, round, for instance, like a guy that I like to target late on is Randall Grichuk, um, and I think he's going in the 240 to 250 range. I think his min pick was like 220 maybe or 202 or something like that. I can't remember. You know, he just went at pick 206. You know, a guy that generally speaking will get you, you know, a decent amount of, um, you know, of value. Um, you know, Max Kepler, a guy that I really like. You know, he went at pick, uh, you know, one uh, before pick 200, I think like pick 198. Um, you know, there's just very little value to be had. All of the guys like Colin McHugh went in the 13th round, about 50 picks ahead of ADP. Tyler Skaggs went in the 13th round, about 30 picks ahead of, you know, ADP. Jackie Bradley Jr. went in round 13, you know, about 30 picks uh, ahead of ADP. So all of the guys that you kind of maybe think, oh, I can wait a little bit longer on, you know, that position, or maybe I, maybe I can take, you know, uh, this guy here and, you know, maybe there's a chance that he gets back to me. Like, you know, that just is not happening in this draft. Jorge Polanco, you know, a guy that I've been targeting a lot who gets a decent amount of value, you know, going around pick 200, I think in ADP, maybe pushing towards 190, you know, he went in round, you know, 112. Um, So, you know, at pick, uh, you know, uh, 179, I think, you know, Andrew Heaney went at pick pick 152, you know, Eduardo Rodriguez went early, Rich Hill went early, like all these guys that you would generally speaking, you know, say that you might be able to get some value on who you feel like their ADP just isn't, you know, isn't right for what it should be. All those guys are getting pushed up. And so, you know, it's just, it's kind of a, I don't know, like I look at my team and, you know, I'm not as happy with my team. I'll get, I'll get into that in, in a second. But part of me doesn't know whether I'm just not into my team because, you know, I haven't been able to get the type of values that I generally feel like I'm able to get in drafts uh, because of how competitive the league is or, um, uh, you know, or whether I've just done a terrible job constructing the team, which is definitely possible. Um, so I was drafting in the 14th spot, which I think presents a number of different challenges in a 15-team league. 
uh, you know, in a 15 team league, if you're drafting 14, you essentially, if you want to get, uh, if you want to have two of the top starting pitchers, and for me, you know, there's kind of the starting pitcher tier, which ends at about Noah Syndergaard, and then there's everything else, you know, afterwards. And I think you're really, um, you know, there's just not, uh, you know, the, it's just, it's hard. I, I just don't see a huge difference between some of the guys. You know, I think, I think the, you know, the Marquezes, the Flaherty's, the Tyones. You know, the Strasburgs, the Paxtons, the Clevengers, the Corbins, maybe, you know, all the way up to Jose Barrios, maybe you feel a little bit more confident in those guys. But after that, you know, uh, I just don't see a huge, huge difference. And then, and so guys like, you know, Madison Bumgarner, who's going way too early in regular drafts, drafts from my perspective, he fell all the way down to the 10th round. Clayton Kershaw, you know, went in the sixth round. Um, obviously some injury concerns there, but it's just been really, really challenging to get the guys that you want. So picking 14th, I knew I wasn't going to get two of the top guys. They just weren't going to come back to me uh, at pick 44. And I just didn't feel good about the value proposition of getting a guy like Patrick Corbin or Mike Clevenger up at 44. I just felt like the hitters were better. So I ended up going Altuve, followed by Justin Verlander at 117. He's my fourth best pitcher. Pitcher Scherzer, Sale, and DeGrom already went. I went with Bogarts, I went with Puig. I talked about that in the last podcast, so I won't get too in-depth on that. You know, Gary Sanchez came around to me at uh, pick 74, and I just felt like there was too much value um, there, and I don't love any of the pitchers going, right? The the two starting pitchers that went after that were Miles Mikolas and Zach Wheeler, both, you know, good pitchers in their own right, but Mikolas obviously has some K concerns, you know, um, whether he can sustain the really poor batted ball quality next year or not, I'm not sure. Zach Wheeler's got a really interesting profile. The fastball is awesome, but he doesn't necessarily have any of those wipeout pitches, and he again relied on a very low, um, you know, uh, very poor uh, batted uh, balls in play. Um, And so I just didn't feel like necessarily going there. I was hoping, you know, maybe that uh, to get David Price, uh, but I ended up going with Eddie Rosario. And then when I was faced with the the dilemma of going Will Myers or David Price, I felt like I needed stolen bases. And I feel like Will Myers at pick uh, 104 is a really nice value. Um, So long as he stays healthy, I think, you know, he's, he's going to give you, I think 20 stolen bases and, and close to 30 home runs. That's obviously a big question, but you know, there's just not a lot of guys left in the draft at that point who were going to get me stolen bases who weren't, you know, your rabbits. And, and I try to steer clear of them. I don't know if I should have as, as, as much as I did this year, but uh, I went there. Then I went with Sean Doolittle um, in round eight, uh, who I like a lot. You know, he should help my pitching ratios out significantly. Just great ERA and whip all the time. When and when he's healthy, he's pitching really well. And I was willing to kind of take a risk on the health because he's never really had it. But I just feel like the the ratios um, are going to be there. I felt more confident about him than Kirby Yates, who was the next guy um, on my on my radar there. And I feel like he's got the job locked down. And so I went with Doolittle. After that, the draft came around and I could have gone, you know, with maybe like, a, um, you know, a, uh, like a Masahiro Tanaka or somebody like that at pick uh, in the ninth round. Um, I think at this point it was pick 134. I went with Sal Perez because, you know, I have him as one of the top hitters because of the catcher boost uh, that you get. Um, 
And so I just felt like the value proposition was too high and I was really looking to get value somewhere in this draft because I just found, felt like it was really hard um, to get to. So I went with Sal Perez over going pitcher pitcher with, with somebody like Maz Tanaka. And I went with Rich, Rich Hill on the other end because you know yes, there are innings pitched concerns, but I think if he pitches, um, the ERA and the whip are gonna be really solid. I think the wins will be there as well. And so I was fine you know, getting that. You know, he is one of the, um, I can't remember where he is in terms of you know, uh, being ranked as a pitcher. I can check uh, really quickly here. Um, so um, uh, where is my buddy Rich Hill? Rich Hill I have down as the 34th ranked um, pitcher at $13, but that's with 147 innings pitched. And so, you know, Mass Tanaka is maybe $1 more, but you know, the ERA is always a little bit of concern there because of the home run, run issues and Yankee Stadium and the AL East and all that stuff. So I ended up shying away from him uh, in that situation. Coming back the other way, I got Joe Musgrove at 164. Um, he's a guy that I like a lot. And then I followed that up with Yu Darvish. Um, I was considering going with another closer here, but um, you know, Darvish, uh, he had his first spring training outing. He was a little wild, but he was up at 95, 96. So the velocity is there. Um, and when he has pitched in the past, he's generally outside of last year when he was injured. Um, he's been pretty good. If you look at the projections, they like him to have a high threes ERA, a one, two, four um, whip. And so, you know, with, with about a K per inning, and I think that's pretty solid um, right here. Uh, where he was going, you know, but just to give you a sense, like Kenta Maeda went right after that in round 12. Um, he generally goes um, on average three rounds later. Um, and he's a guy that generally I'd look at as a guy who can prov provide some value as well, but that's just not happening. So after that, Darvish coming around the other direction, this may be a place where I feel like I made a mistake, you know, and, and it's not necessarily that I didn't make mistakes other places in the drafts, but I felt like I could justify it pretty good. I went with Jake Bowers, who I like a lot. Um, you know, I may be infatuated with him as a player and that may be problematic because I do need batting average, um, but I also need stolen bases. And I think he gives a decent amount of stolen bases. I've raved about him on the first base preview, but I just think the underlying skills are there. Um, he has the, the pedigree in terms of contact skills to improve the one area where he does struggle. And I just think progressive field, uh, the Indians, he's gonna get a ton of at-bats in a good place in the lineup. Um, and they're also the team that stole the most bases last year. And so I think that they're going to give him the green light on the base paths. And so I think there's going to be a ton of value there. I have him as the 143rd you know, best player, and I got him at 194 um, in the draft. And so I feel pretty good about that. Coming back the other way, you know, I only had one reliever at this point, and it's Sean Doolittle. I like Will Smith a lot of the Giants. You know, I like that he pitches in the NL West. I think the skills were really good last year. If you look at every single year that he's pitched, you know, the highest his ERA has been in the, is in the mid threes. He's got a solid whip, a really nice K minus walk rate. You know, everything is really good. I think he has the job in San Francisco. Boshi will stick with him, you know, and, and they'll give him a little bit of a leash and that's all I can ask for. And and the, the relief pitchers going after that, like, you know, who I like, like say a Trevor May or, um, a guy like, um, you know, doing like a Barnes-Brazier double up, uh, you know, 
Alex Colomay, maybe. Guys like that just have too many question marks. And as my number two closer, I just didn't feel great about them. But I knew that the next, you know, the next picks were going to be brutal because I was thinking of going Jake Bowers. I was thinking of going Max Kepler. I decided not on Kepler. I love Kepler. I think he's going to be really, really good this year. I think the power will be there. I think the counting stats will be there. The one question mark is the stolen bases and the average, and that's really what I needed. So I thought, you know, hey, his ADP is around 240 to 250. Maybe, 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 maybe he gets back to me at 224. No way in hell. The next pick, Max Kepler to Clay Link. A great pick. You know, I love that pick. Um, the other guy I was considering is Ryan Braun. Stolen bases, power, batting average. It's just a matter of health. Again, you know, the health, he hasn't been healthy the last couple years. And so I ended up going with Bowers. Braun is about the same in terms of, uh, you know, where he's valued. And he was another guy where, you know, I was like, damn, should I have gone with Braun there? And then I was like, okay, well, maybe, you know, Adam Eaton was another guy I was considering because he has speed and he has batting average. Well, guess what? He went, you know, seven picks later. And then Randall Grichuk was a guy. I was like, oh, okay, well, Grichuk, you know, unless he goes at his previous min pick, you know, will get back to me at 224. Well, you know, he just went and he was the source of power that I was looking for. And so just, you know, it's just brutal. Um, I don't love my team. I don't hate my team, you know, because I think with all of the pitchers that I have gotten, the major concern that I have with them is volume which is an important question. Uh, Verlander being the exception, and I think he's gonna provide plenty of uh, of volume. But, you know, it is volume, but I'm not as worried about those guys when it comes to, you know, whip and ERA. And so I think they can keep my ratios relatively reasonable. So if I can address volume, you know, later on um, with some of my picks, then maybe, you know, that can help um, that can help keep me in a relatively decent place. I think both Smith and Doolittle from a ratios perspective uh, are pretty solid when it comes to closers. You know, a difference would be somebody like a Cody Allen, who I think has, you know, is probably going to pitch all year for Anaheim. And I think he'll, he'll have the closer role and he'll have a decent sized leash. You know, I do have some skill slash, um, you know, just batted ball quality issues with him. And whereas I don't necessarily have those with Smith, you know, or Doolittle, um, I think Musgrove is going to take a big leap, for, leap forward this year. Hill, obviously, I don't. And then Darvish, I think, is a big health question mark, but the return could be big. So I feel okay about where I am at ratios. I think the volume is going to be the major question. And obviously, in this league, Fab is going to be competitive. Streaming pitchers is going to be competitive. And so, you know, that's something that I just need to consider moving forward in this draft and knowing that I'm just going to have to go and get my guys when I need to get them because you know, I can't wait around and hope that somebody else in this draft makes a mistake or or that a guy falls to me because it just hasn't been happening all, all draft long. But overall, I feel okay because I do, you know, I do have a balanced uh, profile um, from the team's perspective. You know, I've got, um, you know, everybody is contributing, generally speaking, across the board. So among my hitters, you know, the lowest RBI total that I have of all this, all the hitters on my team, and this will obviously change as we get lower on though, is 72, and that's Will Myers. Um, the lowest uh, uh, home run total that I have on any player on my team so far uh, on offense is 18 with Jose Altuve, and I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys um, so far um, uh, on my offense. You know, and so I, I do have a balanced approach. I've got, uh, 
you know, one, two, three, four, five guys who are giving me at least, who are giving me double digit stolen bases. And I like the upside a lot on like Altuve's 21. I like the upside a lot on Bogart's 10 because I think you know that's lower because last year he didn't steal a ton, but he had an injured ankle. And then I also think that you know the projections on some of the guys that I have, you know, I like the upside on Altuve's batting average, for instance. Um, for for Myers, you know, obviously, like you know, the projection is lower because of the plate appearances because of injuries. Hasn't at 514 at bats, that could potentially go up. You know, Puig's at 516 at bats with 29 and 14. I think 30 and 20 is possible. But again, you know, not all of these things are going to happen. And so I definitely have a long ways to go um, to make sure that I, I, I am where I want to be uh, when it comes to, uh, to these categories. Um, and then from a pitching perspective, I don't put as much stock in pitching projections um, as I do with hitting projections. I just think that, you know, I don't find them to be, um, you know, as, as effective. Um, as the hitting projections, um, you know, and and so you know, that's just something that that I'm thinking about, um, and uh, yeah, so that's just something uh, that's just how I kind of feel right now about my TGFBI team. But you know, the the overall league, Champions League, and TGFBI is super competitive. It's a ton of fun, though. I mean, to be able to uh, you know kind of test myself against the the names that are in this draft is just a lot of fun. And the whole year, you know, everybody's really wants to win this and everybody's going to be paying a ton of attention. And so I think it's going to be really, really interesting to see how the year goes. There's, a, there's some great teams uh, that folks have put together. And so I'm just hoping that I can, you know, either th through, through both the draft and the rest of the draft, but then also, you know, with uh, working the waiver wire that hopefully I can, uh, I can be in the running um, for top spot here. All right. So that is, uh, that is kind of my my analysis of the TGFBI uh, Champions League um, a little bit so far, my draft, kind of what I was thinking in putting the team together. Ideally, you know, my, my goal going into drafts this year is gonna be draft earlier on and to get two stud pitchers and then just to go really hard on hitting. I wasn't able to do that, so it's been interesting to see um, how this has kind of uh, developed over that time. Uh, anyways, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at BatFlipCrazy, Instagram at BatFlipCrazy, Facebook at BatFlipCrazyFantasy, YouTube just search for BatFlipCrazy, the blog is BatFlipCrazy.com. I have not been doing a good job outside of Twitter and the podcast of really keeping things updated. Things have just been crazy. Um, they've been really busy um, with life and moving um, and all of that. Uh, jazz and so I apologize for that. I'm going to try to get some things up like the rest of these position previews. I'm going to have one next week um, with uh, with Bubba uh, from Bench with Bubba, which should be a lot of fun. Uh, I am also um, going to be uh, doing a closer uh, version of this with Brian Slack, who's also in the Champions League, so be on the lookout for that. So trying to put those together for all of y'all. Going to try to do a uh, blog post too that has my rankings uh, by position and overall uh, because people have been asking for that and draft season is approaching. So hopefully that will be helpful. Uh, be on the lookout for all of that stuff. It's just a matter of kind of cobbling together the time to be able to, to do that. But whatever. Uh, if you like what you're hearing on the podcast with these previews, the content that I'm putting out, please do go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. Um, not only do I really appreciate it, um, it's helpful in making sure that other people are able to listen. Uh, if you don't feel like doing that or you already have, and there's been plenty of people who have, and I'm super thankful for that, uh, just like it, retweet it, share it with your friends, let them know that you like it. Um, 
so that it can kind of get the message out there because um, I love doing the podcast. I love hearing from people and the more people uh, I can engage with, the more fun it is. So thank you uh, so much uh, for listening to the podcast. Uh, Second base preview, not a ton of fun, but gotta do it. Let's get this party started. All right, let's get started with the second base preview. As I do with all of the previews, what I'm gonna do is share uh, the player's ADP. I'm gonna share their projection. Now again, this is an aggregate projection of three publicly available progression, uh, projection systems, the ATC, uh, the BAT, uh, and Steamer, uh, all available on Fangraphs. I've aggregated those and then um, run the standard gain points uh, for them uh, to generate the dollar values. And so what I'll share is that projection and then the valuation that that projection is. So for instance, in the case of Jose Altuve, his projection is 653 plate appearances, 94 runs, 18 home runs, 81 RBI, 21 stolen bases with a 311 batting average, and that's good for a $26 valuation. And then uh, I will uh, share what his uh, ADP value is um, as well. So based on where he's going in drafts, what the value of that draft slot is. So for instance, uh, Jose Altuve is going at an ADP of 15. Uh, that is a $28 pick. His SGP dollar valuation is $26. So he's essentially losing you. It rounds up to $1, but about $2 in, in, in value. Uh, as I uh, have mentioned on the first base pot, uh, preview, you know, one thing that you need to be uh, cognizant of is that at, at the higher levels of value, right? You know, these projections are, you know, 50%, you know, medium projections. And so they're not, you know, they're often considered conservative, but that's kind of the approach that projection systems take. And so, you know, it's really hard to get a projection uh, uh, valuation that is higher or above the, the slot with guys who are going in the top couple rounds. You may see, you know, a dollar or two of value um, at most, but largely you're going to see a loss of value. So with the top guys, I'm less concerned about that loss of value as I am about, um, you know, how how picking that player sets me up moving forward, partic- particularly since I think a lot of, um, a lot of, you know, how you build your team is going to be based on what your draft slot is, at least in 15 team um, mixed leagues, which is what the valuation that I'm sharing is for. Um, so definitely keep that in mind as well. A lot of you will be playing 12 team leagues or 10 team leagues. Uh, and so, you know, factor that into the equation uh, as well. Um, okay. So I'm going to share those things and then I'll share a little bit of tidbit of information, you know, that I either is on my brain about that, that particular player, you know, the way that, you know, that player sets you up in terms of building your team, um, or adds to your team, uh, and then maybe, you know, some, some stats if they're fresh on my mind. Um, but, you know, the general idea is to say, okay, you know, here are guys where they're going in their ADP. Does it make sense to draft them at that particular point? Are they giving you value at that particular point? Do you push them up? Do you drop them back? You know, and so I think this second base is kind of interesting. Uh, I think this year because there isn't a lot. I think second base is terrible, if I'm honest with you. Uh, I think that, um, you know, I just really don't like the second base landscape, which is one of the reasons, for instance, with TGFBI, why I was really excited to get Jose Altuve because I could just kind of 
forget that second base exists in a lot of ways. So that's just something I think to be um, thinking about, um, you know, and considering is, is as you think about where you want to draft people. So anyways, let's dive in. So first up, um, I have Jose Altuve. His ADP is, is at 15, uh, right, up, right in line with Javier Baez, um, who is also at second base. Altuve already shared the projection, but just one, just again for good measure. 653 plate appearances, 94 runs, 18 home runs, 81 RBI and 21 stolen bases with a 311 batting average. Again, this is a 50% mean projection. So that batting average, you know, that's the highest, I think, uh, of a batting average um, that you're going to see. Um, and I think it is a little bit low. So when I think about Altuve's projection, that $26 valuation I mentioned, that $20 ADP, uh, for instance, uh, Altuve before his knee injury last year was hitting 329. Uh, so as of July 25th, before he went on the DL, he was hitting 329. In 2017, he hit 346. 2016, 338. 2015, 313. 2014, 341, and he's 28 years old, right? So he's he's at about his peak, and he the worst he's hit in the last uh, five years is 313, and again, his projection is 311. So when I draft him, as I did in TGFBI, I'm banking on a little bit higher batting average for sure. I do think that the, the projection is reasonable otherwise, uh, you know, the runs at 94, you know, a little bit of a potential, I think, for that uh, to go um, higher, 112 and 108 and 17 and 16. The increased uh, batting average hopefully should help out his OBP um, a little bit. But I do think that the home run total at 18 seems about right, and the projection systems uh, agree on that. Uh, I think that what we saw in 2016 and 2017 was probably aided by the juice ball. And so I think to be on the safe side, I think that 18 home run projection is good. 81 RBI uh, should be solid as well. He'll likely be batting, I'm guessing, either second or third in the Astros lineup. Um, my guess would probably be third, um, just because Bregman and the OBP getting him on in front of, Bre of, of uh, Altuve would be really nice, but you know we'll see where they, where they end up landing on that. But Altuve is a guy that I like a lot um, in a, as a first round pick in drafts because he does contribute you know, in the two most scarcest categories, batting average and stolen bases. You're hoping that, you know, last year because the knee was just a little bit of an aberration and that he'll get back to 30 stolen bases or so. Uh, that would be, you know, gold, I think. Um, but, you know, I think the 21 stolen base projection seems reasonable. I do think he can hit, you know, mid-20s. But, again, stolen bases are really, really hard uh, to judge. Um, Javier Baez um, is next. Um, going at an ADP of 15 as well. Again, that's a $28 slot. The projection is 639 plate appearances, 86 runs, 31 home runs, 96 RBI, 17 stolen bases with a 271 batting average. That's good for a $25 valuation. So he's losing you what rounds up to about $2. Uh, Baez is a guy that I don't um, like at all. Um, you know, where he's going uh, around, the, around the turn, the one-two turn. You know, maybe late second, early third for me, but, you know, the approach is still not very good. That O swing is really high. He chases pitches outside the zone. This contact isn't great, but the batted ball quality is. That definitely took a huge step forward last year. So it's not necessarily that I doubt the batting average um, that much, um, you know, or anything necessarily in the projection. It's just the variance. With that type of approach, you know, he's going to have 
pretty high highs, but he's also going to have pretty low lows like we saw towards the end of last season. And this is just not necessarily something that I want to, um, you know, take on uh, early on. I think compared to some of the guys, you know, when you look at a guy like Freddie Freeman, who's just solid all around, uh, you know, maybe he doesn't have the stolen bases, but will outpace Baez significantly in batting average. You know, that's, you know, even Trevor Story, you know, that the power speed combo is a little bit more, um, and even the batting average skills may be a little bit better, the approach a little bit more stable. So Baez isn't a guy that I'm targeting at his current ADP. It's not that I don't like him. It's just the value proposition for me is not one that I want to take. Now, Whit Merrifield is a really interesting uh, case going at an ADP of 32. Uh, 649 uh, plate appearances is what uh, he is scheduled for. Uh, 81 runs, 13 home runs, 64 RBIs, 31 stolen bases with a 279 batting average. That's a $20 valuation. Uh, ADP is a $23 uh, pick, and so you're losing what rounds up to $4. Um, on Merrifield, according to the to the projection. Now the projection is, you know, pretty low in a number of areas. The stolen bases, you know, the batting average compared to what we've seen recently from Merrifield. Um, I talked a little bit about this in the preview that I did with him, though. But there are a couple concerns that I have with Merrifield's approach. The contact is still, you know, well above league average, but it did creep down uh, just slightly, and he seemed to outperform. Um, his uh, expected average last year. So that's just something of note. And he's also pretty much an aggregator. You know, the OBP is not uh, really high. And so the stolen bases and the batting average, I think, are solid. He is getting older. So that's just something to consider. Stolen bases do not age well. Um, I think he's in his age 29 or age 30 season. Uh, but you know, he he is an aggregator. You know, he relies on about 700 plate appearances to get the stats um, uh, that he has, at least in this, you know, uh, last year. And so uh, I loved him last year because he was going uh, at an ADP of around 50. Uh, I think that the stolen bases and the batting average gives you a little bit of cushion um, for, uh, for Merrifield. Um, but I do think, I do see the batting average getting, you know, more in the 280s uh, than I do back at 300. Um, and then, you know, the OBP isn't going to be that high. I don't think that'll impact his stolen bases that significantly uh, necessarily, but, you know, it's, it's enough uh, to raise some concerns. And if there are any injuries, his value will dry up uh, pretty quickly. He had 707 plate appearances uh, last year, which helped drive both the stolen base number and the 88 runs and the 60 RBI. The power kind of dried up as well last year. He still produced a ton of value because of the stolen bases in the batting average. Uh, but those home, that home run total, I think, is about right at projected at 13. Uh, you know, he's a guy, I think, who's also uh, feeling the pain a little bit from the dejuicing of the ball last year compared to 2017 in the second half. Uh, of 2016. So I think that home run total looks about right for me on Merrifield. So again, you know, there is a solid floor because of the stolen bases and the batting average, but I don't necessarily love him uh, where he's going at an ADP of 32. I'd rather have a guy like Anthony Rizzo, for instance, who's going even seven picks later as an ADP um, at that position. But second base is pretty shallow. So I don't, uh, 
I don't begrudge anybody for, for getting him there. Aussie Albies, uh, ADP of 52. He's dropped down about 10 spots from what he, where he was going earlier in the year, which makes him a slightly better value proposition. 649 plate appearances, 85 runs, 20 home runs, 76 RBI, 17 stolen bases with a 274 batting average. Uh, that is an $18 valuation, $19 ADP. Um, that's a, a loss of $1. Um, for him. So I don't love Albies in this spot. I think there are guys who are um, better. I think there's a, a few warning signs for Albies just in the overall plate approach um, that he had uh, last year. Some of the contact and hard hit skills really eroded. Um, and so, you know, pitcher, whether it's a pitcher adjustment or, or whatnot, uh, Albies seemed to be overmatched in the second half of last year. Um, and not overmatched just in terms of not being able to like hit a fastball, but just being overmatched in terms of, you know, pitchers really, um, you know, really suppressing what he was able to do at the plate. And so that lifts, that, that creates just too many concerns for me to go after him at an ADP of 52 when I think there's some really nice guys uh, going in in this area. Um, so Ozzy Albies is a guy that I'm probably going to pass on and not own anywhere this year, except for in my keeper league where I have him uh, on a on a three-year contract. This will be um, uh, the second year of that. I'll probably try to trade him. Uh, Rugnet Odor uh, actually has the next highest value, and he represents um, the, uh, the highest value among second basemen. And one of really, to be honest with you, one of the few uh, values among second basemen. Now, I am ordering these, uh, these players not um, uh, in terms of their... Uh, actually, you want to know something? I've done it by ADP uh, in previous ones. So what I'm going to do, is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with it um, by ADP instead of doing it, it by, um, uh, by valuation. And so just to be keep in, keep in line with other previews. So up next would be Glaber Torres, who does have dual position eligibility with Merrifield and Javi Baez do as well. Uh, Torres is going at, at the Yankee uh, ADP of 67 because, um, you know, I just I question a little bit uh, why he's going this high up. Uh, 595 plate appearances, 76 runs, uh, 24 home runs, 79 RBI, 10 stolen bases with a 265 batting average. Uh, that is good for a $15 value going at a $17 slot. So he's losing you $2. You know, Torres started hot, hot out the gates um, uh, early last year, but, you know, the underlying metrics didn't look sustainable uh, according to X stats and others. And so, you know, I, I think... Um, you know, I just look. I just look at the projection a little bit. I see the 24 home runs. I see the 265 batting average. I see the two, the the 10 stolen bases, and it just doesn't necessarily jump out at me. Especially in his sophomore year, you know, he struggled towards the end of last year, and whether again that was pitchers adjusting to him or just him, you know, experiencing regression is you know remains to be seen. Uh, but I do have. Um, you know, some uh, significant concerns about that. Below league average uh, contact rate, well below league average actually, you know, not a very good approach at the plate. And so uh, Torres is a guy that I'm going to be fading. He doesn't, he's not getting you value um, even based on that projection. And again, at 67, there's just a lot of guys still left on the board um, that can help you out, including, you know, a guy I'll get to in a second. Uh, Jonathan VR is up next. It's insane to think that VR is up at an ADP of 67. 
Uh, he's actually one of the biggest uh, lack, lack of values, um, if that's a thing, um, if that's a word. Uh, he is, is projected for 524 plate appearances, 62 runs, 14 home runs, 49 RBI, 33 stolen bases with a 250 batting average. Uh, that's worth $12, and at ADP of 67, that's a $17 slot. So he's losing you $5. Now, obviously, with more plate appearances, you could see, you know, that'll definitely impact the line because you're getting him for stolen bases without, you know, sacrificing too much power. The challenge with VR is his approach at the plate is very, is, isn't very is super great, uh, which isn't necessarily different than a lot of speedsters, but he hits a ton of ground balls, and he hits a ton of really, really bad ground balls, on a consistent basis. Uh, in addition, you know, I don't think he necessarily has a long-term future with the Orioles. You know, they are uh, moving in more of an analytical uh, approach um, with uh, the new general manager um, and front office that they have. Um, VR isn't necessarily a guy that you want to build a, a, a team around. He's not very good uh, defensively. And he just hasn't been good for a couple years. He steals bases, which is what we care about for fantasy. Uh, but I don't, think, I don't think his job is necessarily as secure as, um, as, as folks think it is. And so the 33 stolen bases seems like a reasonable number for VR. Um, but again, like, you know, the Brewers weren't shy in, uh, you know, cutting him out of the equation pretty quickly after his you know, amazing uh, year in 2016. And so, you know, he's a guy that I'm not going to own where he's going right now. He's been inflated, you know, a ton. Um, I'd rather wait a couple rounds and pick up somebody like Victor Robles, who may not get you the same level of stolen bases, um, but, you know, I think can pro provide a little bit more of a balanced approach. So VR is a guy that I'm fading, and uh, the projections agree with that $5 loss in value. Daniel Murphy at an ADP of 77. I don't know where and what drafts he's going in an ADP of 77 because I'm seeing him go between 55 and 65 in all the drafts I'm doing. So I think that ADP is headed up. Um, 597 plate appearances, 82 runs, 22 home runs, 84 RBI, three stolen bases with a 305 batting average. That's good for $18 at a $16 ADP. Uh, so that's a $2 value. Um, obviously, there are some injury concerns with Murphy uh, coming off of last year's, uh, um, you know, missing about half of the season last year. Uh, but he's uh, further away from that, uh, from the microfracture sur surgery that he did have. Um, and, you know, playing in Colorado with just a huge outfield and his approach. I think the batting average is going to be really nice, and I definitely think those counting stats could be up. You know, my guess is he's going to bat uh, second uh, or third. You know, if he bats third, I would assume it would be uh, Murphy Arenado Story. So that's a ton of runs right there. Um, if he bats second, I'm assuming that he's also got Arenado and Story behind him as well, batting after Charlie Blackman, and that's a decent. You know, that's a really solid beginning to that lineup. So Murphy's a guy I like a lot. I'm targeting targeting him a lot. You know, one of the things that I that I really like as a strategy, and this is not something that you can necessarily um, implement. It depends on where you are, but is going really heavy batting average. And so going like something like, um, you know, Altuve, starting pitcher, uh, you know, maybe Rizzo or... Uh, 
you know, some uh, Freddie Freeman, something like that. Actually, Freddie Freeman won't be around then. Um, anyways, going going with some three hundred hitters there at the top. Maybe getting three of them with Murphy and two before that, and then um, and then getting Joey Gallo later on because Gallo is a I covered him in the first base preview but he is really a, a significant value I think he's a, even going at, at ADP of 113 you know he was generating six dollars worth of value and so if you can create that type of um, you know uh, uh, batting average uh, uh, a batting average uh, what's the word I'm looking for a cushion you know, then he can be, you know, a guy who um, is really, really uh, nice for you. So here's an example of what I did in one league. This is a 15 uh, team draft and hold. And this is uh, the, the, the team that I like the most that I've put together so far. So I started off in the first round with Mike Trout. Obviously, it's great to get the first pick. After Mike Trout, I went Carlos Carrasco and Trevor Bauer. I followed that up with um, Murphy and Lorenzo Cain, and then uh, and Nelson Cruz. So all guys who um, are should bat more than higher than 280 or around or 280 or higher. Most of them will be at around 300. And then I followed up Gallo uh, with Justin Turner. You know, so another 300 hitter. Andrelton Simmons, another nice hitter right there. Um, and so you know, with this team that I've put together. You know, with my starting 15, I'm essentially at, so the to get first place in all of the categories, um, you know, for uh, for a 15-team draft and hold, uh, 267 would get you a, a 15 in average, 1056 would get you a 15 in runs, 302 would get you a 15 in home runs, uh, 1022 would get you a 50, or a 15 in RBI, and 144 would get you a 15 in stolen bases. Now, with just my starting 15, my batting average is at 272, so that is, you know, uh, well above what you need for a 15 in batting average. And then I'm at 98%, 95%, 97%, and 94% of what I would need to get first place in all of those categories right there. Um, so really balanced, uh, but. You know, anyways, I'm kind of sidetracking from the from the position preview here, but I, I just love the way that Murphy sets you up uh, later on. So he's definitely a guy that um, I would love to uh, love to have. You know, especially at a 77 ADP, but even at 55, any point after 55, I really like him. Scooter Jeanette is next, 104 ADP. Uh, that is uh, 617 plate appearances, 78 runs. 23 home runs, 83 RBIs, four stolen bases with a 276 um, batting average. That is a $15 valuation, uh, $14 ADP. So he is. It rounds up to a $0 value, but you know it's 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 a little bit of a, a slight value. I think he can get you a little bit more than that. You know the batting average seems low uh, for the guy who um, I believe he ended up winning the the batting title last year. Um, so, you know, and he's in a, he's in a very solid lineup. So Gannett is not necessarily somebody that I'm targeting, but I don't necessarily mind him uh, going where he's at right now. A guy that I do like, uh, and he's got dual position eligibility is Travis Shaw, ADP of 106, 612 plate appearances, 78 runs, 30 home runs, 89 RBI, five stolen bases with a 253 
uh, batting average that's good for $16 at a $14 ADP so he's getting you $2 worth of value and he's a value at both third base and second base and I like him a lot uh, being able to stick him in at second base um, uh, for Shaw you know I also think that there's some room for growth in that batting average you know he had a really low uh, BABIP He's got a ton of power. He's got a great approach at the plate. He's a guy in an OBP league who I'm all over uh, because, you know, he he was just, you know, borderline elite, um, you know, in terms of his plate discipline last year. Hit the ball really hard, hits the ball in the air. I think all the, all, all the pieces are there outside of the lefty struggles um, for him to just have a massive season, you know, and at least replicate what he did uh, last year. D. Gordon at an ADP of 107. Uh, that's 609 plate appearances, 70 runs, four home runs, 45 RBI, 37 stolen bases with a 275 batting average, $14 valuation at a $14 pick. So he looks like he's about right um, for where he is, um, for where he's going. You know, uh, Gordon is a good example where, you know, a guy like Gordon is somebody that, you know, I, I'm not necessarily after because I don't like getting rabbits who only give me four home runs. Uh, but he's a guy like if I'm debating between getting VR at 67 and uh, Gordon at 107, I think Gordon has a lot more, um, uh, a lot more of a leash um, on the Mariners, and I think you know he may suffer in terms of plate appearances, batting towards the back end of that lineup. Although Malik Smith has struggled with some injuries early on in spring training, so that might push him up the lineup. Um, but you know, Gordon is a guy, I think he's going to run. He should be healthy. He was not healthy last year. The batting average has been there in the past when he's been healthy. Uh, and so, you know, I think he'll, um, I think he'll likely out run VR this year in terms of stolen bases. And so, you know, if I'm, if I'm that desperate for stolen bases, I'd rather wait, you know, pick up, uh, you know, Yasiel Puig at pick at an ADP of 67 and then get, um, D Gordon later on. So that's just an example. Uh, Robinson Cano is next, uh, 128 ADP, uh, 626 plate appearances, 76 runs, 23 home runs, 83 RBI, one stolen base with a 282 batting average. Uh, Cano is getting older, but the dude can still uh, hit. Um, and so he's a guy that I like a lot where he's going right now. He hasn't ended up on any of my teams, uh, but I think that's just a product of the probably the lack of stolen bases or just where my team um, construction is at that point. Uh, but, you know, uh, $14 valuation, $12 um, uh, value in terms of the pick. So that's good for it rounds up to $1 uh, of value uh, for Robinson Cano. Uh, so he's a guy I like where he's going. I don't see any reason why he'll take any, you know, major steps back. City Field isn't a great place to hit, but... You know, I think the power should be over 20 home runs still. And he's not going to get back up over 30 um, as he did in the previous season. I think that was just kind of the, the high that he was going to get to uh, in his older age. Uh, but, you know, I do like him just as an overall hitter. Everything is still there for him to be really successful. Now, this guy is normally my arch nemesis. Um, and that is uh, Rugnet Odor. Um, but he also looks like he is the uh, biggest value according to the projection systems. Now, the one thing that I will say about the projection systems and um, you know Odor is he has the ability, generally speaking, uh, to have you know really bad Babbitts. That wasn't the case last year uh, with the 305 Babbitt that he put together. Um, but you know in the past he has struggled um, with them. Let's actually I'm going to take a, a really quick look. 
um, at, at Odor's uh, batted ball profile here. Um, uh, so uh, last year, um, it looks like he earned that uh, 253 batting average with a 259 um, expected average. Um, he was able to whittle down the pop-ups a little bit uh, by about 1%. Uh, dribblers um, you know, uh, were about even where they've been before. He hit more ground balls and line drives, which helped generate, um, this is according to xstats.org, uh, to generate some more... Um, you know, to, to generate that higher batting average. But again, those are some of the least sticky year to year. Uh, you know, and Odor, from a home run perspective, I'm also a little uh, nervous um, about, uh, about him. You know, the 28 home runs, I just don't buy that. You know, there's nothing that jumps out in the power metrics for Odor. For instance, he's got a below league average um, hard drive rate. Um, you know, I... I just don't. I don't necessarily uh, understand the 28 home run uh, projection uh, for Odor. You know, he did have 30 and 33 the two years before. You know, that makes uh, that makes a little bit of sense. The hard hit rate was up. You know, fly ball rate down. Uh, I'm going to investigate Odor just a little bit here uh, on the air, just so I can um, you know see what I if I see if I believe. Uh, what um, we're actually seeing here. Um, uh, fly ball, hard hit rate, 38% after 38% the year before. Um, you know, is he hitting the ball hard hard in the air? You know, we're looking at, um, uh, is he pulling the ball particularly? Uh, pull, pulled hit percentage down a little bit. I'm just not sure if I buy that 28 home run projection. I know that he hit 30 home runs in the two previous years. But again, those were kind of a different situation for home runs with the juiced ball. Uh, some of the power metrics are down slightly, um, you know, including the fly balls. Uh, the infield fly ball rate was down a little bit last year. I don't know. I mean, I don't think R Odor is a bad pick at, at, at an ADP of 136. He's probably going to get you some value where he's going right now. I think the market has finally adjusted. Like last year, he was around pick 100. The year before that, he was in the 30s. And for two consecutive years, he has uh, gotten me you know, a win in the bold predictions category for Shinsu Chu um, out earning him. Uh, but... You know, I think where he's going right now at 136 is a good value, and even moving him up the board a little bit um, makes some sense. Um, you know, if he, if he, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't buy the projection in terms of the power um, and even the stolen bases. Uh, you know, the 16 after going 14, 15, and 12, that just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, and he was 12 for 24 last year for stolen bases. So I'm not buying the projection. That doesn't mean that I don't. Uh, like Odor at the price that he's going. I think he's priced about right, but I just don't, I'm not going to agree with this projection. And again, you know, consider the fact that I may be biased against Odor because I have so success, I have so far successfully predicted his demise. Um, but, you know, I think he's going okay right here. Brian Dozier uh, is up next, uh, 136 ADP, so same place as Odor. 563 plate appearances, 73 runs, 24 home runs, 75 RBI, 11 stolen bases with a 242 batting average. Uh, that's $12 valuation, $12 ADP. 
Um, you know, this seems about right for Dozier. Obviously, you know, he was injured last year with, uh, with the knee. And so it could be that the power uh, returns. He is also getting up in age uh, a little bit. And so, you know, it always becomes a little bit harder to get back to that level where you were before. Uh, as you get older, he does have a lot to prove. So I don't mind Dozier at this spot. I think he's fine. Um, you know, the batting average concerns me a little bit. Um, but, you know, the, the power-speed combo where it's going with the runs and RBI being solid um, is really nice here. Uh, Yuan Moncada, 160 ADP, uh, 627 plate appearances, 79 runs. 19 home runs, 63 RBIs, 17 stolen bases, and a 239 batting average. That 19 home runs, 17 stolen bases is pretty nice at 160 ADP. $11 valuation, $10 slot, uh, so a $1 value. Uh, Moncada is a guy I don't mind in average leagues based on where he's going if you've got a little bit of a cushion. I love him in OBP leagues because he you know, he obviously has really good plate discipline. I do think Moncada is going to take a step forward this year. You know, Towards the end of last year, the contact rate came back. Uh, there's been some um, you know, research out there about how Moncada was the unluckiest player when it came to close uh, calls. So like um, strike calls uh, on the on the edge or slightly outside the zone. Um, and he had a ton of, uh, uh, he was pretty passive last year at the plate. He had a ton of called strikes. Um, and so as the season continued, he started being much more aggressive on pitches inside the zone. His Z, uh, Z swing went up considerably. And so I'm interested in, in Moncada as a potentially a guy who can have a little bit of a breakout. I don't know if he's there for a full-fledged breakout yet, but I could see that batting average uh, boosting up a little bit, maybe a little bit more power um, as well and the counting stats to match. So he's not a bad guy where he's going right now. Cesar Hernandez at ADP of 172, 629 plate appearances, 78 runs, 11 home runs, 52 RBI, 15 stolen bases with a 262 uh, batting average. He's also a guy who who's great in OBP. Uh, that is $8 valuation at a $10 slot. Um, you know, I think the thing with uh, Hernandez is uh, he had a really interesting quote um, that he was playing with a broken foot last year um, towards the second half of last year um, that really impacted him um, in a variety of different ways. And his batting average was lower, much lower than it had been, 294, 294, and then 254. Um, and he hit 228 in the second half last year. Um, and so, you know, that's just something, um, you know, I think where injuries might help explain him being down, but he's a guy I like a lot where he's going just because he has that balance profile, right? He's a guy who's going to steal a decent amount of bases. He's projected for 15. He's going to get you probably double digit home runs. He's projected for 11. And then I think he's going to score a lot of runs in that lineup because right now he is scheduled to bat leadoff. So probably having him first, maybe McCutcheon second, Hoskins, even potentially Harper, um, after that, JT Real Muto. You know, it's a pretty deep lineup at the top. And so I think he's a guy who will benefit from that for sure. So he's a guy that I'm, ha I'm finding myself having uh, on a lot of teams. Next up is Jonathan Scope, ADP of 185. Uh, 546 plate appearances, 67 runs, 24 home runs, 74 RBIs, two stolen bases with a 264 batting average. You know, Scope was a guy I was off of last year uh, just because I think 2017 was a career year for him. The plate approach still isn't very good, um, you know, but, you know, the ADP has fallen back and he still does have a decent amount of power um, and he should get everyday at-bats with Minnesota. 
And so I don't mind, you know, where he's going right here. Probably not a guy I'm going to target, you know, just because the the average and the stolen bases aren't that, um, you know, aren't aren't stupendous, and he doesn't get him on base a ton. Um, but you know, I think you know, he he's all right going where he's going. Uh, Ketel Marte is up next, two twelve ADP, uh, six hundred seventeen plate appearances, seventy four runs. 13 home runs, 62 RBI, nine stolen bases with a 273 uh, batting average. That's good for $9 worth of value or evaluation at an $8 pick, so $1 uh, value. You know, Marte is a guy who a lot of folks, um, you know, have as kind of a sleeper and a guy who's going to bust out. You know, this is, I think, the second at least consecutive year that that's happened. I don't necessarily see it. You know, he's never stolen uh, a ton of a ton of bases despite being you know, pretty fast, um, you know, and even the power, it's like, you know, I just don't see the, the, the power maxing out, you know, super high. And so I'm not, you know, the lineup in Arizona is not going to be particularly good. It's now not a particularly good place to hit. You know, I just don't see, you know, the upside necessarily that some people see in Marte, you know, and so I'm probably steering clear of him, even though he's a $1 value here. Next up is Nick Senzel going at an ADP of 215. Now, I would take this projection with a grain of salt. You know, not with a grain of salt. They have him at 401 plate appearances, 49 runs, 12 home runs, uh, 48 RBI, eight stolen bases with a 268 batting average. Now, that's that's very much, you know, it's plate appearance base, right? If you put him at 600 plate appearances, uh, my math isn't super great, but you're looking at 18 home runs, you know, and 12 stolen bases, you know, with a, you know, a, a solid batting average, you know, and counting stats that should be, you know, uh, around 75 each, that looks, you know, that looks really, really nice, right? 75, 18, 75, 12 with a 267 batting average, that could produce a lot of value for you. So it really depends on plate appearances for Senzel. You know, if you're able to get him, you know, you know, I'm, I generally shy away from, you know, getting guys who aren't guaranteed playing time because I just, even at, at ADP of 215, there's just so much value still left on the board, generally speaking. Um, but, you know, Senzel um, is a guy, you know, he might be the exception this year where I may be really interested in getting him. The Reds seem like they're going to try to get him in the lineup in one place or another. He may have dual position eligibility. Um, he's a guy in like a draft and hold, especially where you have that deeper bench where I think he can bring you know, bring you a lot of value when he's playing and you just replace him with somebody else, like one of the other value guys that we're going to cover in a second, you know, and that looks really nice. So um, Senzel is a guy that I don't mind, even though it says that he's losing $7 worth of value. Uh, Joey Wendell is next at an ADP of 216, uh, four hundred eighty-four plate appearances, 52 runs, eight home runs, 50 RBI, 11 stolen bases with a 263 batting average. That's good for a $1 value at a $7 slot, so he's losing you $6. Um, I don't love Wendell. I think he got pretty lucky with the really high batting average last year. Doesn't have a ton of power. The stolen bases are nice, as is the dual position eligibility. Uh, but you know, I just think I just feel like we saw a career year in his rookie year, and I may be a terrible person, um, you know, for saying that. Uh, but you know, I think he overperformed, and so he's not necessarily a guy that I'm targeting um, at this spot. Just to give you for comparison, like Marcus Semyon is going around this spot as a shortstop, you know, and he's a guy who could go 2015, you know, with a 260-ish batting average for you and a really nice A's lineup. So 
Passing on Wendell. Next up, uh, Lourdes Goriel, ADP of 221. 440 plate appearances, 51 runs, 15 home runs, 50 RBI, five stolen bases with a 265 batting average. Um, you know, that's good for $1 valuation uh, at a $7 pick, you know, losing you $6. You know, Guriel, um, he should get at bats with the Blue Jays. He is a terrible, terrible defender, so it probably won't be at shortstop. You know, he showed a decent amount of, you know, ability to hit uh, last year. Uh, with Toronto, but I also think that he was kind of playing a little bit out of his mind there for a little while. I remember he, you know, set the major league record for multi-hit games in a row, I think, or at least came close to it. That's not something that's going to happen every season. Um, And so, you know, he's not necessarily a guy, again, that I'm going to target at an ADP of 221. With some of the guys that are there on the board, I think things really start to thin out after about pick 250. You know, and so, you know, that later on in the drafts, I might be willing to take a shot at him. But, you know, for now, I think I'm, I'm probably staying away. Marwin Gonzalez is a guy that we covered as a first baseman. You know, I think he was losing a little bit of value as a first baseman. Um, uh, you know, but, you know, 234 ADP, uh, 549 plate appearances, 63 runs, 17 home runs, 66 RBI, six stolen bases, a 260 batting average. Uh, you know, and losing a dollar with six dollar worth of valuation and seven dollar value pick. You know, he's a guy because the the multi position eligibility I would target in like a draft and hold. But I think his role is going to be similar to what it was with the Astros with the Twins. So he should get you know a decent amount of plate appearances. I don't think he'll get six hundred. You know, I think that five forty nine looks about right. Uh, but he just doesn't do anything exceptionally well. Um, and and so you know, it's just. You know, the lack of uh, assured playing time, um, you know, a new new team signing a new deal, not as good of a lineup. I just think I just don't see enough there for me to want. You know, a guy that I would be targeting, though, especially in a draft and hold, but even, you know, outside of a draft and hold because of his multi-position eligibility um, is Asdrubal Cabrera. Uh, Cabrera, um, you know, he's right now 528 plate appearances, but he should be the starting third baseman for the Rangers. Uh, 65 runs, 19 home runs, 67 uh, RBI, uh, two uh, stolen bases with a 271 batting average. I think the plate appearances will be higher. He's just been a consistent performer. Again, he's got that multi-position eligibility. It's a $7 valuation at a $6 pick uh, where he's going right now. So he's getting you $1 worth of value. So, you know, if I'm looking at Marwin Gonzalez and as Drupal Cabrera, I'm going with, uh, I'm going with Cabrera. Uh, partially because of the playing time, um, you know, uh, or mostly because of the playing time, but also I think the situation, you know, is, is better in terms of hitting, hitting it, uh, for the Rangers. Uh, DJ LeMahieu was up next, 259 ADP, uh, 546 plate appearances, 69 runs, 11 home runs, 55 RBI, seven stolen bases with a 279, uh, batting average. Uh, LeMahieu, that is a $6 valuation at a $5 pick. You know, uh, I'm probably not uh, targeting LeMahieu just because I think, you know, he's not guaranteed at bats. He may be at the beginning of the of the season or the first half of the season until D.D. Gregorius comes back. But he had pretty significant, as usual, um, Colorado splits. Obviously, some of that is just, you know, the adjustment of being in Colorado and leaving. So he shouldn't be terrible. He's got a line drive approach. He makes a ton of contact. He also goes opposite field a lot, you know, with his hard hit fly balls. And so that might be interesting um, in Yankee Stadium. It's going to be a really nice lineup. So I don't necessarily hate him. 
Um, and the, uh, the valuation, um, you know, a $6 in a $5 slot, you know, kind of reflects that. Um, but I just think that the, that the playing situation is going to be a little bit murky uh, second half of the season once Gregorius comes back. And so, you know, uh, if I'm desperate for a second baseman, maybe I see myself going after LeMahieu, but I'm probably shying away. Jed Lowry, he's at an ADP of 272. This is falling fast, though, because of the injury, that the knee injury he's had during the season. Uh, 521, 585 plate appearances, 68 runs, 16 home runs, 64 RBI, one stolen base with a 253 batting average. Just don't love the situation for Lowry. I'm probably not going to have him. You know, with the A's, he was a guaranteed starter. He is likely to be starting um, for the Mets, although they've just got so many guys. And so especially with the injury towards the beginning of the year, maybe Jeff McNeil gets at bats towards the beginning of the season and he's doing too well for them to you know, move him out when Lowry comes back. He's already going to miss, you know, the beginning of the season. He's an older guy. City Field is not a great uh, place to hit. Uh, the Yankees lineup, there the Mets lineup is just kind of blah. Um, so, you know, Lowry is a guy that I just, I'm probably not targeting, partially because of the injury, but also I just probably wasn't going to do that. This projection is before that injury even. Uh, Nico Goodrum is next, right after Lowry at two, an ADP of 273. He's going to be hurt by the signing of Josh Harrison, likely. I think it just means fewer at-bats um, for him, maybe a role similar to what he had last year where he's kind of plugging in where he can, uh, but not necessarily being the starting second baseman. Um, Goodrum, uh, Goodrum, 521 plate appearances, 59 runs, 15 home runs, 57 stolen bases, or 57 run RBI, 12 stolen bases, 240 batting average. I mentioned him in the first base profile, but you know the the plate approach just isn't great from a contact and plate discipline um, perspective. Uh, you know, and with the with him having you know just with the cut in uh, plate appearances, I just think that the floor, uh, the the floor, the the ceiling just isn't high enough to be kind of uh, getting him at this point in the draft. I think there are better guys. You know, uh, Kike Hernandez, the next guy, is actually one of those guys. Uh, ADP of 307. Uh, 414 plate appearances, 52 runs, uh, 16 home runs, uh, 52 RBI, uh, with, uh, two stolen bases uh, with a 249 batting average. He had some really nice growth, though, uh, last year. Uh, really nice place, plate discipline. The contact skills improved as well. He was hitting the ball in the air more and hitting the ball harder. And so, with that 414 plate appearances, you know, if he, you know, I think there is some space in the Dodgers lineup. Um, you know, I think I like him better than Chris Taylor, for instance. I think Chris Taylor's got some major contact issues. So, if he can find his way into the into the lineup regularly and get close to 600 plate appearances. You know, even with the projection as it stands right now, then you're looking at close to 75, uh, you know, runs in RBI, 24 home runs. Um, you know, with that 250 batting average, that's looking a little bit better, and he's got multi-position eligibility as well. So Kike Hernandez would be a guy who I'd kind of leapfrog over Goodrum in terms of like a later round pick. Um, not necessarily somebody that I that I want, but maybe somebody that I swap in for middle infield or outfield if, if a guy hits the DL. Uh, and he's also not just a lefty masher. I will point that out. If you look at his splits last year, you know he um, you know, he hit right-handed pitchers pretty well uh, last year as well. And so that's a that's a big change in what we had seen uh, from his profile uh, previously. Uh, next up, we have Starling Castro. Uh, 
326 ADP, 568 plate appearances, 60 runs, 14 home runs, 59 RBI, four stolen bases with a 270 batting average. Uh, that is a $4 valuation at a $2 ADP, so getting you um, $2 uh, worth of value here. Um, you know, not a bad guy just because of the volume. You know, at this point in the draft, maybe he's your middle infielder or maybe he's a reserve pick uh, at this point, hopefully. Um, so not a, not a terrible pick, nothing exciting. You know, he's not going to have the, um, the ceiling necessarily of some guys, but, um, you know, he, he is what he is and he's been around long enough for, know, for us to know what that is. Now, a guy that I do love um, is Adam Frazier, who's going at an ADP of 341. Uh, he has a, pro, um, a projection of 519. 100 plate, 519 plate appearances, 63 runs, 10 home runs, 51 RBI, 9 stolen bases with a 274 batting average. Uh, that's good for a $4 uh, valuation at a $1 uh, ADP. So that's $3 worth of value that he's generating. And I think the 519 plate appearances is low. Um, he is right now, I think, penciled in to be the leadoff hitter uh, for uh, the Pirates. And he had some really nice... Um, uh, skills that he showed after coming back from the minors last year. The hard hit rate was way up. The fly ball rate was way up. Um, the contact skills were down slightly, I believe, but still borderline elite at 91.4% over the course of the season in zone contact. The O swing was solid at 27.5%, so he should get on base a decent amount. Um, so he's a guy that I just, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, volume there. For instance, the um, you know, and he hit 10 home runs in 352 plate appearances. And I think a lot of that was because of the fly ball and the hard hit fly ball um, rate for Frazier. Um, for instance, depth charts has him, or the bat has him at 677 plate appearances at that with a 277 batting average. So it helps you there. The home, the 11 home runs doesn't help out that much, but you still got 72 runs, 62 RBI and 11 stolen bases. You know, I think that he can actually provide you know, a little bit more than that. The stolen bases is the one question he did not run, you know, at all last year. And so whether or not, you know, that comes back into his profile or not, I'm not sure. You know, the most stolen bases, 17, you know, 11 and 14 in the minor leagues, but that's the minor league. So not sure if those are coming back, but I think, you know, in general, Frazier, I like him um, as a guy who you're really paying nothing for. He's a $1 pick and uh, he has the potential to generate some value. Next up is Luis Urias uh, of the San Diego Padres, 359 ADP. Um, he is, uh, uh, that is uh, 576 plate appearances, 65 runs, nine home runs, 48 RBI, six stolen bases with a 261 uh, batting average, good for $2 at a $1 ADP. You know, the, the thing that I find interesting about uh, Urias um, is that, you know, he kind of comes from the, um, you know, he's a, he's a high contact guy. Um, and question mark is really around, you know, the power, um, you know, the hit tool is pretty good, uh, but the power is the major question mark. And we've seen some of those guys take the next step. Now, obviously that doesn't mean that every contact guy is going to hit for power. Um, but you know, I just, you know, I love the contact skill set and starting from that. Um, as for Urias, um, or Urias, or Urias, Urias, I think it's Urias. Um, you know, he, um, 
you know, the Padres lineup just isn't great. He's probably going to be batting towards the end of it. He may even be batting eighth right in front of the pitcher. I just don't think it's a good situation. And so I, I'm not finding myself owning many pieces. Um, but, you know, it is at, he is at least interesting as a guy who, you know, everybody was probably all over last year when he was coming onto the waiver wire. Um, but, you know, now that he's had a little bit of time, you know, in in the big leagues, you know, people have you know, people aren't necessarily paying up for him. So an interesting, maybe, you know, higher ceiling uh, pick at this point in the draft. Ian Kinsler is next on the Padres as well. Uh, 364 ADP. Um, uh, Urias is also, or Urias is also going to get shortstop eligibility pretty quick, I think. He's uh, keeping that warm until um, our buddy uh, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., um, comes in. Uh, 364 ADP, 472 plate appearances, 56 runs, 13 home runs, 47 RBI, 11 stolen bases with a 248 batting average. Obviously, the 13 home runs and 11 stolen bases isn't bad. So if you're able to get Kinsler in like a 50-team draft and hold or as a last reserve pick, that's that's fine, I think. The Padres generally are a pretty high stolen base team. And so maybe they'll give him the green light. Um, so not not terrible there. One guy that I do like a decent amount is Jason Kipnis, uh, ADP of 366, 541 plate appearances, uh, 65 um, runs, uh, 16 home runs, 63 RBI, seven stolen bases uh, with a 249 uh, batting average. Kipnis is a couple years removed from being, you know, a real a, a real stud. But, you know, this is all about opportunity. He's batting second in the Cleveland Indians lineup, you know, between Lindor when healthy and for uh, and Jose Ramirez with Carlos Santana behind that and my my favorite Jake Bowers uh, behind him, according to roster resource. And so I think just think that's a good situation, you know, and and, you know, the underlying metrics aren't terrible, like the plate discipline and, and the contact skills, you know, it's just the batted ball quality just isn't what it used to be. And so, you know, it's there's possibility there, you know, and I think there's opportunity. And I think that is something at least that uh, projection that I gave is worth $5 in valuation at a $1 pick. So that's generating $4 worth of value, which is actually second, um, to Rugnit Odor, uh, whose value I don't necessarily fully believe in. Um, so, uh, Joe, Joe panic, um, is up next an ADP of 545. Um, Three, 532 plate appearances, 56 runs, eight home runs, 49 RBI, five stolen bases, 272 batting average. If you're desperate, desperate, desperate for batting average, he might be a guy um, that you can look at. You know, those are the guys that I'm going to cover kind of in depth, but the rest of the guys are negative value guys, according to the projections. But just some folks to be kind of have on your radar. Josh Harrison, obviously signing with the Tigers. You know, he may become relevant. You know, he's got a little bit of pop and a little bit of speed, but you know, not necessarily a guy in a regular league that I'm going to, regular 15-team mix that I'm going to have. David Fletcher is kind of an interesting guy um, at the, for the Angels. Um, he should get some playing time and, you know, very heavy contact approach. So batting average could be um, okay with him. And he's got some interesting kind of underlying skills there. So he's a guy that I would have my eye on from the waiver wire. Obviously, uh, Ben Zobrist is a guy I probably should have had him in the preview. Um, but, you know, he's just not scheduled for enough plate appearances. Uh, one thing that uh, Sammy Reed, I believe, did in 
um, in a daily league that we're in together is he packaged uh, Ben Zobrist and Kyle Schwarber so that he can kind of mix and match depending on whether it's a lefty or a righty. And I thought that was a really interesting approach, at least in an OBP league, um, because they're both really good uh, or much better in OBP league. So just something to consider uh, there. Dustin Pedroia uh, up next. Obviously, Pedroia has been great. Injury concerns are uh, huge and significant. Uh, Jeff McNeil, actually, I should definitely have him on here, but the projection is so... uh, is so low at just 365 plate appearances, but those 365 plate appearances, 43 runs, eight home runs, 38 RBI, uh, six stolen bases with a 278 batting average. This could get really interesting actually with Jed Lowry uh, being out injured. You know, on a from a rate perspective, um, you know, uh, 365 plate appearances. You know the. The thing about McNeil, I don't think he is what he was towards the end of last year. There was a lot of luck involved in the profile. Um, And I did do an in-depth profile of McNeil um, on one of the previous podcasts. So if you want to take a look at that, Um, I think the batting average should maybe, I think it's maybe slightly better than what it should be. But the hard hit rate was really low. He looked slightly overmatched. The batted ball quality wasn't great. Um, But, you know, he could be a guy who could compile a decent batting average um, and some stats um, while while he's able to play. So something to consider. Uh, Scott Kingery, obviously, you know, post-hype sleeper, a little bit of speed, a little bit of power. Um, the approach isn't very good. Maybe that can change. Uh, Devin Travis, you know, a guy I loved heading into last year, but I've given up on. Uh, Eduardo Nunez, if he gets him at bats and he's healthy, the stolen bases could be there. Neil Walker uh, should could get some uh, at-bats, you know, for... Um, or should get some at-bats um, for uh, the Marlins. Um, Isaiah Kinner-Falefa, obviously you're probably drafting him as a catcher, but he has multi-position eligibility, so you might be able to kind of plug and play him there. Uh, Keston Hura as a rookie, he's a guy in, in a draft and hold league that I may go after, although the signing of Mike Moustakis you know, definitely kind of clouds what that picture might look like. He may just be a guy that they want to have in the minors all year this year. Um, and start up in the majors two weeks into uh, the 2019 season. Uh, so, you know, that is the second base preview. I really don't love second base. I actually hate second base. I think it's one of the weakest positions this year. So as much as I can, I'm trying to target, you know, one of those guys um, before uh, Cesar Hernandez. So, you know, an Altuve, not a Baez uh, necessarily, maybe Merrifield. But, you know, I'll probably find myself with a lot of Jose Altuve, Daniel Murphy, Travis Shaw, uh, Robbie Cano, uh, Cesar Hernandez, maybe even a little Yoan Moncada. And then if I totally miss out, you know, Adam Frazier is the guy that I'm going to be targeting uh, a lot, maybe even a little bit of Jason Kipnis uh, in my life. Uh, so that's kind of the way that I'm approaching second base this year. Again, a pretty disappointing position um, that I don't think is as deep as, uh, as folks might think. And so I'm trying to get one of those guys um, early uh, for second base. That is going to wrap us up for episode 61 of the Batflip Crazy podcast, the second base uh, preview. Again, not a huge fan of second base this year, as you probably could tell. Uh, you know, uh, with the preview, there's just not a lot of value to be had right now. You know, the market is valuing people. I think appropriately, with the exception of maybe a few guys, and even those, I question the projection 
uh, on at least Rugnet Odor, you know, being as high uh, as it is. There's a couple values late, but nothing to really write home about. You know, with first base and with catcher, I think there were some really good values, guys that it was pretty clear, you know, you could be targeting. I think second base is much more kind of, you know, Figure it, figure it out because there's just not a lot of value um, to be had. I would, I would wait a long time to, to fill my second base slot, uh, or um, I would, you know, try to get somebody there at the top or one of those maybe you know middle value picks in the in the 120, 130 range. But after that, I think it's you know it's a crapshoot. Uh, so, anyways, I will be coming back uh, hopefully this weekend with uh, the shortstop. Uh, preview. We'll get middle infield out of the way. I think shortstop is going to be a lot more fun. I think there are a lot more values there. Um, I feel like my middle infield position uh, is going to be like 99% uh, shortstops uh, this year, just because I think there's there's just a wealth of talent there as as is well documented. So thank you so much for listening. If you do like the podcast, please do that. leave that five-star rating and review on iTunes. Greatly appreciate it. You can reach me on Twitter at BatFlipCrazy. That is the best place uh, to connect. Always love to engage with people, uh, take questions, uh, comments, whatever it is. Um, yeah, so thank you so much for listening. Best of luck with all of your baseball research and your drafts. Definitely hit me up with any questions that you have. Take care and be kind to one another.